everyone, Dave DeBo here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today, from my favorite city in Texas, Austin, we've got Mr. Glenn Gonzalez. How are you doing, Glenn? Dave, thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty well. Staying safe and enjoying it. So, Well, that's good. That's good. And you guys, we're in for a real treat today because Glenn's got an amazing story. He's gone from being a maintenance man to the point where he actually owned 4,500 units, cashed out, now he's living the good life. So we're going to learn all about how he did that in just a second. But Glenn, first of all, tell me in the in the audience, I mean, I think I got a pretty good idea, but what is has been your primary investment strategy? I'm assuming it's multifamily problems. It is multifamily. Yep. That's, that seems like that's all I know. And I don't know much beyond that. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? There's something to be said for focus. That's for sure. So and just kind of like 30,000 foot perspective, what do and what did you like the most about that investment style, that investment yeah. class? Yeah. So, you know, most of my product has been, you know, the class B property, workforce housing, right? So although I've owned some nicer properties, the class A stuff, it hasn't been my most profitable ventures. So I syndicate and bring investors together and we buy just workforce housing. For the most part, I will renovate and sell those at a profit and return the money back to the investors. Some of them I've held on for, you know, five years. Some of them I've flipped in as little as one year. So kind of all over the board. You know, I usually go into a deal with an exit and an exit price in mind. Okay. So if I can hit that exit price before I'm done working on my magic or before, you know, maybe I, maybe I estimate it was a three-year or a five-year hold, but if I hit that sales price in year two, I'll sell, you know, and I usually tell the investors that going into it, if we can hit this number, we're selling. So, so interesting. So Glenn, why do you prefer to sell versus hold on to them long-term? Well, part of that was where I was in my station in life. I wanted money in my pocket and that was the quickest way to put more money in my pocket. Now my strategy is a little different. I'm actually my partners are going to build a ground up development and our goal is to hold it for 20 years. So it's a little different now. So now you're more interested in cash flow than the big pops of cash. Is that correct? That's correct. That's right. All right. Very interesting. So tell me, you started out as a maintenance guy working in apartment buildings. How did you make that transition? Because correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think maintenance guys are making tons of money doing the maintenance work to do it all right. I'm okay. I'm sure. But how did yeah. you switch from that to actually starting to buy apartment buildings? You know, that's a great question. And it's a kind of a funny story. I was working as a main, I got a call from my wife at that time who said, Hey, they're behind on work orders. Do you want to come and help out a little bit? You know, helping out in the maintenance at the time I was going to college and I was working as a waiter at the Marriott, one of their restaurants you know, working full-time and going to school full-time. And now I've got this maintenance thing on the side. So I was busy. Yeah. I eventually quit my, my restaurant business and kind of helped full-time. And, and I actually got jealous because <laughs> the manager in the leasing office, they're in there talking on the phone, showing apartments and they're going on the tours. It's warm inside. I was cold on the outside and, you know, and, and I was always dirty and, and, and I'm like, man, I really want that job. I don't want this job. I don't, you know, so when the regional manager came to visit the property, yeah. I said, Hey, can I talk to you about something? They're like, yeah, how are you? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm working. She's like, how are the units going? I'm like, ah, oh, they're getting turned. They're okay. I said, I want a shot at being a manager. 
she kind of looked at me. She's like, aren't you one of the maintenance guys? I'm like, yes, I am. She's like, have you ever managed apartments before? I'm like, nope. She's like, I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. See you later. And then off she went. Yeah. Well, it wasn't too much longer that I got this call. We're like, hey, this is kind of weird, but we have this little 60-unit apartment complex. It can't really afford a full-time manager, but it can't really afford a full-time maintenance guy either. So do you want to try and do both? I'm like, I'll take it. And that was my foot in from maintenance to management. I'll tell you, David, it didn't go very smooth. I mean, I was uh, trying to do make readies. And then when somebody moves into an apartment, you know, they bring their make ready checklist when they come in on the condition of the apartments and they would move in and they would give me this sheet and it was, you know, the dishwasher didn't work and the toilet was water was running. And, you know, the, one of the burners didn't come on on the electric stove. You know, I know I knew how to fix all that stuff, but I guess I wasn't as diligent on the maintenance side, but I had to go back and correct all those things. So, then, so then you had to go from being the, the manager to the, <laughs> putting all the tool, the tool and belt. It, it, it was kind of awkward because I went back to do the work order, hoping they were at work or something. I knock on the door, you know, management, I come in and they're like, what do you hear? I'm like, oh, I'm here to fix all the stuff that, you know, didn't get fixed when you moved in. And they're like, well, who did that? And I'm like, <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, I did. They're like, oh, and you're going to fix it now? Yeah, I'm going to make it right. I'm like, okay. So anyway, I learned a very valuable lesson then about how important it is to have a good maintenance guy and a good manager because really, you can't have a successful apartment complex without both of those people being on the same, you know, team and on the same sheet of music and working together. And I learned that kind of firsthand as both. You're so right. the property they hired me for, I turned it around. I, I applied just some business common sense to it and ended up leasing it up and it did really well. And then they eventually asked me if I wanted to go help out on the three hundred unit deal that wasn't doing well. And I did. And you didn't have to be a maintenance guy on that one. You didn't have to be the maintenance guy on the 300 unit. You got to be full-time management. Yes. Yeah. I was done with maintenance after that. I sucked at maintenance to be honest with you. I wasn't that good. (laughs) So how long were you in the, in the management business before you stepped into the ownership role? Yeah. And how did that happen? Yeah. Long time. 25 years. Wow. Holy smoke. I went from being that little manager on site. My next step was I got promoted to be kind of a regional manager and then I, and then I went all the way with that same company for, for years. I got my CPM designation, which for your listeners is a certified property manager from the Institute of Real Estate Management. I got that designation. I got my real estate license. So I was kind of all in at property management at that point. I got my degree in behavioral science and health. And I was going to be a hospital administrator. Didn't want to do that either. So I made property management my career. Mm-hmm. And this management company, I kind of outgrew. My boss, who's in my book, is my mentor, fired me. I'm like, you're firing me? He's like, I got to cut you loose. I'm like, why? They're like, you're doing a great job, but you will never spread your wings unless I kick you out of this little company. Wow. You're Holy smokes. And at first well, I did. He was doing it for your own good, not for their good. He was, he was. Yeah. He, he saw my potential. And, you know, at that point we managed maybe 2000 units. So it was a very small management company. And that was, I didn't understand because of how young I was, but now I see the wisdom in that because I went and got a job with a a larger company that did construction and they managed about 6,000 units and they did tax credit and new development and all that section 42 stuff. 
So I grew with them and I became that director of operations for that, for that property management company. So I went from a fee management company to kind of an owner tax credit management company. And then I'm like, oh, that, there was wisdom in getting fired from that job before. So I actually started looking and, and I joined Equity Residential, which is a big national REIT nationwide. And then I oversaw 10,000 units. So for 25 years, I navigated through property management with several different management companies. And along the way, I was just getting more and more and more experience. For sure. What to do and what not to do. Yeah. So how did you make that leap from having the good, solid, secure J-O-B to buying, actually buying your first apartment building? Yeah, I dabbled in the, I was, like you said, full-time W-2 job, J-O-B. But I knew that I'd met some pretty wealthy people and they were like mentors. One of his name was John Gibson. I'm like, John, you know, how'd you make all your money? He's like, I buy and own apartment complexes. We met each other donating our time on the apartment association. You know how that's made up of a a bunch of volunteers. Mm -hmm. And I was on the board of directors for the apartment association in Washington, Seattle, Washington. And I said, John, I want to, I want to own them like you do. And I found this little 60 unit deal. Will you look at it and see my numbers, you know, make sense? Because I knew how to put together a budget. Mm-hmm. He looked at it and he's like, yeah, you'll probably do okay on that. He's like, but I've got a better deal. I've got a little 44 unit deal that I've completely neglected because he's very wealthy and has all this really nice apartments. That's a really old 44 unit. He's like, you want to buy it? I'm like, yeah, I'll buy it. So I went and checked it out. And sure enough, he totally neglected this property. <laughs> so I'm like, I can do this. So he's like, I'll tell you what, I'll carry the note back for you. You can buy it, but you need to come up with $150,000. Now, keep in mind, but I had five kids and I was leaving paycheck to paycheck. So $150,000, he should have asked me for, you know, $1.5 million. So I went to my boss and I went to a vendor that I worked with and I said, hey, I want to syndicate this deal. It's a great deal. I think we can all make some money. Let's go in a third, a third, a third. And you put up $75,000 and you put up $75,000. And I'll put up zero and do all the work. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> well, I found a good deal. I lined up the loan because it was seller finance. And I said, I just need to come up with some money. But they were pretty smart people. They were also in the industry. One was a vendor in the multifamily industry and one was my boss. Yeah. And they all said, you're right. This is a gold mine. So we bought it. They put up the money. We bought it. We fixed the down units that were down and then sold it about a year and a half later for almost a million dollars more than we paid for it. Wow. That was my first deal. And I still had my J-O-B. I still had my W-2. So I dabbled in it, right? And that's that was exciting to me. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Very, very cool. All right. So moving ahead, yeah. you went from 44 units to all together, you've done like 4,500 units. Yeah. So I guess one question, that was... Almost sounds like a little bit of a stroke of luck. You happened to meet the right guy, talk to the right guy. He offered you a deal on a silver platter with owner financing. How have you found your other deals since then? What's your typical? You know, Dave, you just you just nailed it, right? It was that relationship, yeah. right? That I had from I want to call him my mentor, John Gibson. He sold me my first deal. Well, I stayed in my job. I stayed with my W two because I wasn't really secure enough or confident enough to just take the plunge. So I ended up running my own property management company as a partner with somebody and moved to Texas. And I was running 
apartments for a salary, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, one of my old friends called and, you know, and I had the opportunity to put together one deal. And then I had another 10 year relationship with a guy named Ed. And I told him when he was 70 years old, Ed, if you ever want to retire, I'll buy your company from you. So he called me. He's like, oh, I'll never retire. I'm seven years old. I love this. He called me on his 80th birthday and he's like, I think I need to think about your offer. I'm like, well, let's talk. So he said, I'll sell you my management company. I'm like, Ed, I don't want your management company. At this point, I've been managing properties for 25 years yeah. and now I got my own. I said, really what I want are your eight apartment complexes that you own up in DFW. I want to buy those from you. And if you sell me those eight apartment complexes, then in turn, yeah, I'll buy your management company for you. <laughs> from you. And he said, okay. So all we did is we looked at the the numbers and we came to an agreement on the values. You know, he got some broker price opinions, but again, oh. somewhat neglected for years and lots of upside. Now, Dave, that's what really launched me into, cause that was 1500 units. Wow. One seller, you know, over, over six properties. So they were, they were good sized properties. They were scattered all over DFW. He allowed me to close them over a six month period because I had to go raise money. Yeah. That $150,000 that I had to raise and I might as well, I mean, well now I had to raise 22 million to close on this transaction. (laughs) But relationships and people coaching me and teaching me who to call and we scrambled. I had a business partner that helped me along the way and we're introduced to crowdfunding and family offices and all kinds of cool stuff that all led to, we were able to close on all of these transactions Not, and we did very well. We bought them, we renovated, met a contractor that renovated them for us. And, and, and so how, how long did you hold those ones for? 4,500 units, but you know, it's not that simple, but yes, relationships and being in the right place and, and, things and the that experience, the, the track record, the experience, the, 25 years in the trenches, so to speak, that didn't hurt either, did it? It gave me all the experience because I could tell what was a good deal and what was not a bad deal. Because keep in mind, I used to manage for owners that either paid too much for their property or they didn't have enough in their renovation budget. And they called me as the property management company. Hey, I'm in a bind. I really need you to figure this out. Well, part of that was his mistakes, you know, those owners. And then I had other experiences where I managed some properties for some owners that did it all right. They paid the right price. They had enough renovation and they hired me to manage a property through all of that. And then they sold it, made a big profit. And I got to see the financials. I'm like, wow, these guys made a lot of money. You know, they got a check and I got a pat on the back. Like, <laughs> you did great. We love you, man. I'm like, I got to go find another property to manage because you sold yours. Yeah, exactly. So, that was that was inspiring then to kind of make me want to get into that side of the world. I wanted to be them, you know, so. So, Glenn, time flies when we're having fun. I know you've got a very interesting book that you've written about your whole experience. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the book? Thanks. You know, it's called Maintenance Man the Millionaire. Love it. <laughs> and it says it's real estate wealth creation for everyday people. And it really goes through and talks about what some of those things we highlighted on, you know, people in the industry my successes, but also my failures. I was brave enough to share all the mistakes that I made kind of along the way as well. You know, talked about how to find good partners or bad partners. So anyway, it's available on Amazon. If people want to look it up, they can either look it up by my name, Glenn Gonzalez, or they can just look it up under Maintenance Man for Millionaire. 
Yeah, show us a picture of the, of the book again. So you can do a screenshot if they want that. That's awesome. Fantastic. Glenn, thank you so much. And Dave, again, thanks for having me. <laughs> hats, hats off to you. That's a, that's a wonderful story, and, and the story continues. You definitely haven't stopped. You're still, you know. Still buying apartments. They're yeah. a lot at a breakneck pace. So keep up the good work, my friend. Thank you, David. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. And if you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. Be very, very much appreciated. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at Investor Attraction Demo. Dot com. Take care.